So it's a delight to be here this morning, and uh, we've been here before, and we've connected with some of you, so it's really nice to see some of the faces that we recognize and just uh, enjoy the, uh, the feeling of being a part of a group that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, dedicated to the Word, and uh, has such a meaningful uh, relationship with us as missionaries. Like Tim said, we're, we're missionaries with New Tribes Mission, and we live in Papua New Guinea. And we're on home assignment right now, or we're on furlough, we're taking a break. So home assignment for, uh, for missionaries means reunion with family members that we haven't seen in a while. We've been on the mission field for almost three years, and so we've missed a, a few weddings and some births and uh, some major events, and so it's always good to come back and reconnect with our family. And uh, dear friends as well, we had a whole day of nothing except just fellowship and catching up with Tim and Amanda yesterday afternoon. I'll tell you what, it does the soul good just to reconnect with people. And all of that relative to this one thing. If you want to understand missionaries and home assignment or furlough more practically, it's all connected to longevity. It's connected to enabling us to finish the race that we've started. And why? Because... Because we are at war. We are at war. And it is real. And it is significant. And you guys have had the privilege of going through this miniseries. This series, miniseries, I'm talking TV. This series on spiritual warfare, the invisible war winning against evil. And as I've looked at some of the content that you've been going through, I'm thinking, my goodness, what a privilege you guys have had to be under the word of God in such a way to instruct and build you up, first of all, in your position in Christ, the epistle of the Ephesians, building you up in your identity in the Lord Jesus Christ and who you are as a believer, not just so that you can live happy lives, but for a purpose, to equip you, to equip you in what? To equip you in this spiritual fight, this war that we're a part of. Recognizing that God has given provision for this fight in the armor of the Lord Jesus Christ, the armor of God, and you were in that Uh, under that teaching there just recently, I think last week, learning more about the armor of God. So it is a real privilege for us to be able to come, to be able to enjoy time with you, and specifically to join in in this series and to speak about uh, this idea of the invisible war. My concern is this, and this is going to be the focus of this morning's message, and I believe it's Paul's focus as he finishes up the epistle. My concern this morning that as you are enjoying some of the best teaching in the country, as we've been told during the announcements, undergoing some of the best education that you can get. My concern shared with the Apostle Paul is that maybe it wouldn't be applied. This is the hard parts. This is the nuts and bolts of any series, any study of the Word of God. It's the hard, difficult work of personal applications, isn't it? Putting it down right inside my skin and into my shoes and seeing it go to work in my life, in my day-to-day as I interact with, uh, interact with other people. And so the concern this morning that we all need to feel and the, uh, the question that we need to be asking ourselves is, can we indeed see the war? Can we indeed see the war? Can we indeed 
see it, and is it actually a reality, or are we just going to listen to these things and let them wash over us and feel good about the fact that we are hearing good, nourishing talk, and then we walk out of church and really nothing else changes in our day-to-day. We don't actually start seeing it, and then and if we don't see it and we don't recognize the reality of the war, how then can we engage in the war? How can we engage in it? How can we be used uh, to be effective in this war? We won't be. If we don't see it and we're not recognizing it, we're not going to be able to engage and we're not going to be effective. May it not be said of us this morning that the word of God that we have received, the teaching that we have received, the spiritual food that we've been able to eat and be encouraged, may, we not be, may it not be said of us this morning that it had no effect, that it didn't take root in our lives and change us and affect us in our walk with him, in our fight, in our struggle in this war. I want to look at three different battles this morning, okay? And just to try and create for, for ourselves the tangibleness of this fight. And we're going to start with the first battle. The battle is battle on do, because that's our fight. That's our conflict. That's where we're living. And I want to share our experience with you a little bit. And I put together a little video, so we're going to just watch that right now. But as we watch this video, I want you to start thinking through what is the scheme of the devil? What could the scheme of the devil be in the life of the Hattons and the Allens as they live in Amdu and are fighting their battle? Let's have a look at this video real quick. the Amdu people have lived their lives in isolation, deep in the mountain jungles of Papua New Guinea. Even today, their way of life remains virtually unchanged. They still build their houses, prepare their food, and grow their gardens as they have been for generations. Each generation has taken from the last what is most important. Celebrating the same values and fighting to defend what they hold most dear. When they get old or sick, they die. And as they mourn the inevitability of death, they are haunted by the same frightening questions that have plagued their people for so long. Without hope, without the gospel. October 2012, we received permission from the Amdu people to come and begin building homes for our families to live in. They worked tirelessly with us to get everything ready for the day we would come to live permanently in Amdu. to begin learning their language. And for the past two years, we have dedicated all our time to becoming a part of Amdu life so that one day we can clearly preach the gospel to them.
enabled us to gain enough proficiency in the language of the Amdu people to begin developing a literacy program to teach them how to read and write. When we return to Amdu, we will work to finish learning the Amdu language so that we can begin to translate and prepare to share the gospel with them. Our dear co-workers, Bart and Emily Allen, and their four boys are on the ground at Amdu right now, moving the work forward. Our prayer is that this battle for the Amdu people will not remain invisible, but that many of our brothers and sisters from Village Bible Church will battle with us in prayer to the Gospel Day and beyond. That's our battle. That's where we're living. That's what we're dealing with. What are some of the things that you think might be part of the enemy's scheme that would keep us from the battle, that would keep us useless or render us inactive? Did you get a sense of isolation as you saw some of those plane images flying over the jungle? It is wall to wall, and the nearest place for us to go anywhere is only in that airplane or it's on these two feet. And it's days and days and days. I remember I tell my kids all the time, look, you need to be wise. If you fall and break your head open, I can't do anything for you. I can't take you anywhere quickly. These are some of the things that we're dealing with. The the battle for us in Amdu is in our faces. It's in our faces. It's all of the time. Discouragement. The enemy would discourage us. He would have us waking up in the morning discouraged and deflated. What are we doing out here? Why did we ever do this? What in the world were we thinking? that we would be able to learn this language ever? Those are some of the thoughts and feelings that we're dealing with on a continual basis, walking out, going down the trail, connecting with those folks, and just begging the Lord, please God, encourage my heart, build us up so that we can do this, loosen this tongue so that we can speak. We're hearing talk about spirits all the time, we're hearing and we're seeing the way that the Amdu people recognize and view their reality, and it is messed up. And they are afraid. And they need the gospel so incredibly. But the battle, folks, is in our faces. It's undeniable. We see the war. We see the war. But that's not where you're living. That is not your battle. That's not where you're at. You're here. Let's let's take a look at the war that's going on here. Let's take a look at battle cosmos. Okay, cosmos is that Greek word that talks about the world. In 1 John chapter 2. Let's just turn there real quick. Verse 16, it says this, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. This world, this cosmos, the battle that you and I are living in here in America is different. It is not as in our face. It is more subtle. The scheme of the enemy would be to cripple us in Amdu. Just take us out. Sometimes I feel like he's coming at us with one of those big knives. He just wants to take our legs right out from underneath us and render us useless. And those are the things that we're feeling and dealing with. It seems to me and from the scripture that this, the battle for us here in this country, the battle for us here in the western civilization of the world is far more subtle. And the enemy is wanting the same goal. He wants to render us useless relative to this battle. He wants to render us useless, but he's doing it with a lot more subtlety. He's doing it with a lot more subtlety. And I think you and I can all agree that 
there is that pervasive thing going on. It's not necessarily blaring in our faces, but as we move from Amdu and then back of beyond and we bring and, and come across those cultural lines and back into our, our own home country, boy, the contrast is so evident to us. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that contrast. The devil and his schemes, he would have us live just like it's saying here, he would have us living according to the passions of our desires. He wants us to be thinking and feeling that our comforts, our desires, our physical desires are most important, are the most important things. And living in Amdu has created such a contrast in my life that I recognize that I am easily given over to those values of the world because it's the culture that I've been raised and lived in. And I desperately need the word of God to create that sharp contrast in my mind. And living in Amdu allows me to do that. How many of you like your Serta Plus, your Tempur-Pedic, your bed? How many of us look at that bed and believe that if I don't get my eight and a half hours, I am just not going to be able to do it? It didn't take long for me to abandon that thinking and to retool my thinking on just that one thing, just that one thing. How badly do I need sleep and comfort? Recognizing as I spend the nights with my Amdu friends and recognizing, you know what, I don't think there's an Amdu person who sleeps eight hours ever in his whole life. Not back to back. Their value system is different, the challenges for their life. But the devil and his scheming would have us buy in to the fact that our comforts are essential and important. And if we in, investing in them is, is wise. It's what we should do. But let's take that to its full. Let's just run that all the way out to the end. What happens if we are giving ourselves over to comfort on every front? We'll either, end in, we'll either disqualify ourselves because not all passions are of the Lord, are they? And if we follow our passions out and we follow our comforts out to the nth degree, we are going to either disqualify us or we're just going to incapacitate ourselves. We're just going to incapacitate ourselves. In living in Amdu, okay, this is great. This is a little secret. This is the perks of missionary life, okay? I don't have to do anything except live in Amdu. And guess what happens? I will lose, I'm not kidding, I will lose 30 pounds with no effort. It just, it just evaporates, it goes away. I don't have to do any work. I just have to live in Amdu as a missionary and do what I'm there to do and it just goes, it's gone. We're sold out to our comforts if we're not careful and we buy into the devil's schemes, we will sell ourselves out to comforts. Passions, that is the world system, that is battle cosmos and it's subtle and it's pervasive and it will sink down into your thinking and the way that you live to the point where all of a sudden you don't even recognize it. You are trapped. You are shackled to your comforts. It also talks about the pride of life and achievements being so connected to our possessions and the things that we have achieved that we're taking pride in them as if they are of ultimate value. Dragging us down into the world of the temporal where only the only, thing we, the only way that we can value if it's good or bad is through the eyes and the senses. This is not from the Father. It is not the way that the thinking of the Lord. It is not reality. It is battle cosmos. Can we see the war? Can we see the war? Or are we just going to listen to a good series and be comforted by the fact that we attend a good church and move on with our comfortable life? May it not be said of us. May it not be said of us that that is the truth. And if we haven't achieved the things and we don't have a long list of bragging rights, what are we devoting ourselves to? 
to trying and achieving things, don't we? We're devoting ourselves to achieving those things that we can brag on. That is battle cosmos. And you know what? I am very thankful, and I know that my wife would echo the sentiment, I am very thankful that we have the privilege of living in two places at once, that we have the privilege of our life in the middle of the jungle that challenges the emptiness and the smoke and the mirrors of battle cosmos and confronts us with battle amdu. We are very thankful for that. I'm thankful that my children are growing up in battle amdu because they get an opportunity to see the plastic nature of this web that the devil is scheming to spin for us in other areas of the globe. Think of the master strokes. Think of the master strokes of this, this, uh, this strategy. If the devil can pull this off, if the adversary can pull this strategy off and can convince the soldiers of the opposing side to just quit, think of the master strokes. He doesn't even have to go into battle. That is what is at the heart of battle cosmos. And we have to ask ourselves, are we falling prey to it? Or are we seeing things the way they really are? And are we able to value things according to God's value system? Are we thinking eternally or are we thinking temporarily? Are we thinking in the scope of eternity past, now, and future? God's plan that he has revealed to us in scripture? Or are we thinking down inside the, the, the details of my drama day to day, week to week? Are we trapped down inside of that and thinking? And if we get down inside there, we are ducks sitting in a pond and the enemy can take his shots at us all day long. Are we seeing the war? That's battle cosmos. Let's look at one more battle in an attempt to, to be convinced, to allow the Holy Spirit to remind us that there is a war and it is paramount that we see it. Because if we don't see it, we cannot engage in it. And if we're not engaged in it, it's no point. There's just no point. Why exist? <coughs> Excuse me. Let's look at one more battle, and that is battle Nero. And before we do that, so that we do not stray too far, let's look at the text for this morning. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're just going to read from verse 18 down through 20. It says this, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Battle Nero. Paul, this is one of his prison epistles. <clears throat> Paul is in chains. Okay? He has been shackled physically to a soldier. He is in prison. He has been impeded. This is... <clears throat> this is what I believe the devil's scheme is in Paul's life. He is looking to impede him, to trap him in, to prevent him from moving, to keep him isolated because he is a soldier that is too incredibly effective at what he does. So there's Paul. Paul's battle is his imprisonment. Battle Nero, he's in chains. He's sitting there in the cell. Think about it. He's sitting there in his cell. He's just an old man now, but he's one of the apostles. 
and he has a choice to make. If you're feeling this morning, as you relate to Battle Cosmos, and you wonder, good grief, maybe I am. Maybe I am being taken totally for a sucker. Maybe I'm on a ride. If the Spirit of God is working in your heart this morning because of this series and because of some of the things that we're being, that the Spirit of God is exposing us to, and you're thinking, goodness, I, I wonder if I'm making any of the right choices. Do not be disheartened by that because that's exactly where Paul is right here in this epistle. And I believe that he's being incredibly vulnerable with us. I believe that he is saying, here I am, and this is my battle. I'm chained to these Roman guards, and I'm in this cell. And me, the apostle, I'm the one who's been given the visions. The Lord Jesus Christ showed up to me. He's the one who said, you're my worker, and I'm going to achieve great many things, and you're going to suffer great many things for me. He's the one who pricked away at my heart, pricked and pricked and pricked and pricked, and I kicked and I kicked and I kicked, and then I, finally I saw the truth that, yes, indeed, God is. God is who he says he is. Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth is who he says he is. He is the Messiah. You're a saint. Thank you. <clears throat> Battle phlegm. And many incredibly important things happened in Paul's experience, and now here he is in chains. Here he is in a prison cell, and it was not like the prison cells that we have here today. Here he is in this cold prison cell with all of his freedoms taken away. Imagine, imagine the work that the enemy is doing on this man. Imagine the questions that he is firing at Paul, rapid fire every single day. Really? You, the apostle, worthless? Don't we fall into the same trap? If I do the right things, God will do good things to me. Don't we fall into that faulty thinking? And then bad things happen, so we immediately start going, what did I do wrong? As if that's the way God relates to his children? Not true. But don't we fall into that? I believe that's exactly where Paul is here. And he is, he is allowing for vulnerability and saying he is faced with the same decision. Are we going to see the war? Are we going to see the war and are we going to make the choices that are necessary to engage in the battle? And Paul was saying, I want you to help me. I want you to help me. I need you to help me. I am going to make this choice to continue to see reality the way God has laid it out in the word of God. I'm going to see and I'm going to walk by faith here and I want you to help me. And so Paul is... Paul is saying to us, engage in the battle. Engage in my battle. And I think that's one of the secrets that we're going to learn this morning. Do you know, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but you can engage in battle amdu. It is your privilege to engage in battle amdu. We can live in battle amdu, and it is our privilege to engage with you in battle cosmos but I'm getting ahead of myself. Paul is saying here to us, look, you need to first of all see the war. You need to see the war clearly and then you need to engage the battle. How are we to engage the battle, Paul? What was Paul asking for from his fellow soldiers? Let's just read the text one more time. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance. Making supplication for all the saints and also for me. So what's Paul saying? Paul's saying that he wants us to pray. And the bottom line is this. 
The bottom line is this. Regardless of how your heart responds to that idea, regardless to how your heart responds to that idea, pray. I think that because we are so often creatures who are suffering the effects of battle cosmos, we live so temporally minded that we are giving in to all of the arrows that are being shot at us by our enemy, and we do not believe that the fight is a spiritual fight. And prayer becomes a garnish in our life. It's something that decorates our existence, and it is not nearly understood the way Paul wants us to understand. So one of the main points Paul is trying to make is that we need to use the weapons that God has issued. Use the issued weapons. Use the weapons that God has issued. And what Paul is saying here to us is that you need to be praying and you need to be praying for me. Because I am in that position where I need to make the decision to see the war. And if I am going to engage effectively in the war, I need you to be praying for me. So we need to be using the weapons that God has given us. What is prayer? We don't have time to get into a full discourse on prayer. But when we're talking about prayer, aren't we talking about communication with the Creator? I tell you what, there are people, groups in this world who have been so trapped in their faulty thinking that when the lights come on and they are introduced to this idea of the creator God, who created them, is interested in them as individuals and wants to have a relationship with them through prayer, it blows their minds. It's a concept they've never even considered. It's a concept they've never even considered. And you know what they do? They wear it out. Remember what prayer is. Prayer is our connection to God, our creator, the creator God, the being who created us. We have access to him directly. God, our father in heaven. He's not just our creator, but he is our father in heaven. And we connect with him, we can speak to him. And here's the nature of the conversation. The nature of the conversation is couched in our position in his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, because of our frailty, because of what we're not able to achieve in our bodies, we can also speak to God in the enablement and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who will take even our groanings and make them effective. That is prayer. That is one of the most important weapons that we have been issued. If we are to engage in the battle, first we must see it. But if we are to engage in the battle, Paul is saying, don't use any other weapon except the weapon that that have been issued. And that weapon that he is calling on the Ephesian believers to use on his behalf and for their own sakes is prayer. Is prayer. How are we to pray? Dramatic pause. My bad. Just getting myself organized. How are we to pray? How are we to use these weapons? We're to use them like we mean it. Come on, don't we have a bunch of faulty forms of how to pray? Don't we pray sometimes with people and go, that was a weird prayer. Don't we listen to the way other people talk to God and go, I don't talk to God that way, or I wouldn't talk to him about that. 
Don't we have hierarchies in our mind about things that are important and maybe aren't important? I think all of those things are worth consideration. But here's the context. Let's not forget the context in which we are being exhorted to prayer. We are at war. We are at war. Do you think it ever crossed the mind of the soldier on Utah Beach on D-Day to talk about anything else over that radio except what was important? War. We're at war and it governed everything that those soldiers did. We're at war, it needs to govern what we do. So we need to use the weapons that are issued, namely prayer, and we need to use them like we mean it. We're at war. So what are we talking to God about? What are we engaging in, the, in our conversation with the Lord about? It needs to be pertinent to what he has done in eternity past, what he says he's going to accomplish in eternity future, and according to the facts of our provision. So many times we're praying and asking for things, and I imagine the Father saying, I've given you that. I've given you that. Lord, set me free from this bondage of sin. He's saying the chains are on the ground. Lord, set me free. Let me get free from this. But the chains are on the ground. What are you asking? The chains are on the ground. You're one of my children. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has set you free from sin. Don't ask for freedom. Walk in freedom. Thank God for freedom. Live in freedom. And so we need to be praying. Well, what does that look like? What does that look like relative to battle Amdu? What does that look like relative to battle cosmos? Look at what Paul prayed. You look in the, in, in the, in the epistles and Paul has, praise, has prayers there that he prays for those believers. Look at them. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing, dripping with sound doctrine and the way that they rightly relate us to the things that are the most important, you realize afterwards that you are fully ready to engage with a heart full of praise and worship. We need to be praying because it's the weapon that we've been issued and we need to be praying like we mean it. Because we are at war, we need to be praying appropriately to the context that we're living in. And again, this is one of those things that the contrast of our experience in life as a family between Battle Amdu and Battle Cosmos here in America has provided some stark realities for us in how we pray and what we're asking for and how much more important the things are that are eternal, not those things that are temporal. God wants to give you wisdom, but he wants to give you wisdom because you're one of his soldiers and he wants you engaged in this battle of spreading the light, especially spreading the light where it has not shone before or where it is shining dimly. We are at war. Do you see it? We are at war. Are you ready to engage in it? We are at war. Let it not be said of us that we were foolhardy enough to take our own weapons into the fray. One other thing here. Use them to their full potential. So we need to use the weapons that God has issued. We need to use them like we mean it and we need to use them to their full potential. One of the things that, just, that gets right in our faces about living in Amdu is that we live in a community. It is a village, an abip, 
It is where people come together and they live. They're related to one another. Every decision that they make affects someone else's life. And they live like that. They are in community and constantly. Personal space is about that. How much personal space do we need as Westerners? Come on, there's those of us who need the time for this entire complex to be empty. That's just about enough personal space, isn't it? For me to be able to get myself adjusted and centered and ready for my day, I need some personal space. Well, in Amduan, it's not happening. Community. So we've learned things about community. I think there are going to be portions of Scripture that the Amdu people just get it. They get it when those portions of Scripture just go right over my head. The meaning is not there. Jacob crossed, I don't know how many miles, and he met a man he didn't meet and never met before, and this man treated him like a king. Why? Because that man was his sister's brother. Kinship is essentially important. It gives you identity and value, and in that culture that Jacob lived in, that was true. It's true in Amdu as well. It's true in Amdu as well. But we live personal lives. We live individual existences. Let us not fall into the prey, the scheme of the enemy to divide us and make sure we use our weapons to their full potential. Paul is saying, make sure that you're praying, but pray for me and constantly with all perseverance, pray for who? All the saints. Pray for your brothers and sisters. You have been issued a weapon and you have been connected to God in such a way that you can pray in one geographic location and it will significantly impact what is going on in the battle in another geographic position around the world. Do you understand that? Do you understand that your prayers are effective because you are righteous by the righteousness of God? The prayers of a a righteous man are effective. You are righteous because you are clothed in the righteousness of God. Not because of things that you have done, but by grace, through faith, he has given you his own righteousness. Pray. Pray and they're going to be affected. Pray like you mean it and pray to its full potential. I need, we need you to pray for us in Amdu. We need you to recognize that Battle Amdu is not just a Hatton's experience. It's not just for the Allen people. Battle Amdu is our battle. It is our battle. And if you use your weapons effectively, you are going to have a powerful effect you were going to have a powerful effect on what goes on in that little village and how the word of God goes forward. Will you pray with us? Will you use your weapon to its full potential and pray with us? Pray that we would stay encouraged. Pray that we would be motivated. Pray that we would never put value on the, on the suggestion and wisdom of earthly thinking. Pray that we would put ourselves last and the needs of our coworkers first. Pray that we would see disunity a mile away and shun it. Shun it. Pray that we would have wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom to be able to communicate the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ across the barrier of different language and across the barrier of different culture and see the gospel light ignited with Namdu people. Pray to its full potential. If we do this, if we do this, we are going to win. We're going to be winning the fight against evil. If we don't do this, then we've listened to a good series and we've gone back to our comfortable surplus 
and our caffeinated existence and we have stepped back into the enemy's playbook because we have not applied what God is laying out for us. Let that not be said of us. We need to be defeating Satan's strategy here at home and we need to be doing that through the well laid out instruction that we get from the word of God. And we need to be recognizing perhaps, maybe, I have fallen prey to some of his schemes. Perhaps, maybe, there is time for evaluation of my own life. What is it that I am holding dear? What is it that I am valuing? Am I seeing the war? Am I engaged in the battle? We need to be asking these questions. And listen, if you're anything like me, if you're anything like me, I'm fine with self-evaluation. If I'm at the helm self-evaluating me. Okay? And I create comfortable space around certain areas and we won't go to other areas. Okay? When my wife begins to evaluate me, okay, then there, there is a battle happen going on. And I am usually resistant to that. And I'm usually resistant to that because she's usually right. She has some insight because she lives with me into my life where maybe I am being weak or worldly or buying into something that's just not true. So are you willing, are you willing this morning to engage with a brother or a sister, to engage with someone else here in this community where you can be asking yourselves that serious question, are we failing in the battle, in battle cosmos? Are we failing here? Do we really know how to engage in battle Amdu or battle Tanzania or battle Uganda? Do we really know how to engage there? Are we kidding ourselves? Are we throwing money at it and thinking that that's our engagement? What is Paul asking us to do? Paul is asking us to pray. Pray like we mean it and to pray to its full potential, suited up in the armor of God. That is effectively engaging the battle. Please don't stop supporting us, by the way, because I said that. Are we praying? Maybe we need to talk about that a little bit more. Maybe we need to engage with each other a little bit more. Maybe we need to be honest and say, you know what? Man, how comfortable are we living here? Would we be able to? Would we, presented with the ideal scenario, could we leave today? Uh, Presented with the absolute ideal scenario, every single question has been answered. The only thing we need to say is yes or no. Will you commit to this? Will you step into this special ministry opportunity or not? Would we be able to do it? Could we step away from the things that are comfortable? Could we step away from the half-built achievements? Could we step away from those things and into something else? If God were to just present it for us right in front of us, that would be a telling conversation to have with your spouse, wouldn't it? And to be asking the Lord, through the power of the Spirit, renew our minds and help us to think in a way that we see clearly the war that we're in and that we live in a way where we can say, yes, God is using our life, my relationships, my resources in winning the fight against evil at home and even abroad. Last, last, last challenge. I would be remiss if I didn't invite that hungry heart, that missionary spirit that's out there in this group right here, that person who is tingling 
tingling with the anticipation or where your imagination is just going nuts right now as you're thinking, maybe, maybe, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could do that. Listen, allow the Spirit of God to work. Allow the Spirit of God to work. Let him be your full provision. Step out. Maybe you need to step out and take that courageous step and say, this is what I want to live for. Less for me, less for now, less for comforts, and more for him. Because there are places on this earth, folks, that it's dark. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's someone here who would be crazy enough, loco enough, insane enough to think beyond the temporal and to recognize eternity to eternity, God has a plan, and I could step into that right now. That's just an invitation. And believe me, I am nothing special. Mr. Badal is nothing special. Mr. Duff is nothing special. But the Holy Spirit is. God's word is amazing. And the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Amazing truths. Let us be praying. Let us be praying together. Let us see the war. God, let us see the war. Let us engage in the battle. Let us use those weapons to their full potential. And let it never be said of us that we sat comfortably under a series so powerful as this and just went on with our comfortable lives. Let it never be said of us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you're the kind of God who draws and pulls us into fellowship with you and a life and a relationship with you. Thank you that you're the kind of God who provides before the challenges face us. And then you stick with us and you pull us up over those challenges because of your grace. Thank you that you're the kind of God who is inviting and asking, not bludgeoning, not corralling. God, we want to hear your spirit. We want to respond to your word this morning and we want to be empowered by you. We want to see this war and we want to engage in it. Thank you so much for your work.